Any information in this podcast is not intended to promote or recommend any particular product or services offered by Bell's family and associates. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any investor. Before making an investment decision, investors should seek professional advice. It's a well-known market saw that the most dangerous words in finance are, this time it's different. But today I'm actually going to talk a little bit about why this time it's different. And that relates to the role of inflation and the Fed hiking cycle and potentially the impact on risk assets. That's where we'll get started. That was Gavin and I'm Lucy. Welcome to tomorrow's news. Last week, Gavin had just returned from a week in Singapore where he saw it to be the melting pot and intersection of global commerce. And we had Asia e-commerce expert Will Zhao join us as a special guest on the show to chat about opportunities across China, Taiwan, and Southeast Asia. So this week, let's get started. Good morning, Lucy. So some really interesting things going on in markets, and it's an interesting time. And it's an interesting time because one can be tempted both to be quite bullish and yet there are some extremely concerning bearish signals. They don't hold up a sign at the bottom of markets. They also don't hold right. up a sign at the top, unfortunately. So if you read 10 different pundits or you listen to this podcast and nine others or whatever you do, you are going to get as many views on whether or not we can go further, go down, don't buy here, buy there, whatever it may be. So I think you need to take it all in and begin to develop at least some sort of framework. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about a concerning market signal or a series of concerning market signals mm. that could indicate that the current rally, and I'm really talking about the S&P 500 here, that the current rally may go a little further it may get all the way up to call it 4137 to give a precise number. But it's probably not a start of a new bull market. That's what we're going to talk about. What are the signals? What are the concerning signals that you Yeah, so um if you're on our macro WhatsApp thread, you'll see that I've posted a number of different charts, some by some very clever people that indicate that one of the most concerning things that we can look at at the moment is a chart that, you know, I would expect a lot of people follow, but probably not enough. And there are lots of different ways to look at it. You can look at the interest rate of very short end bonds to somewhat longer bonds. I look at the difference between two-year bonds and 10-year bonds, but you can look at overnight rates to five-year bonds or whatever. Mm -hmm. The end of the day, the curve is inverted. Now, what does that mean? It means that that people are saying, I am willing to take a lower interest rate for 10-year bonds mm -hmm. than I am for two-year bonds. That doesn't make much sense, right? I mean, in no. theory, you lend money for longer. Counterintuitive. Counterintuitive, right? Now, why is that the case? It's because, well, it could be a lot of different things, but it it might be because the market is saying, we're definitely going into a recession. So longer term, interest rates are going to be lower mm. than they are 
in the short term, right? We're going to, the Fed may raise rates all the way up to five or five and a quarter percent, but that's the short part. That's just the next couple, the next year or so. And then after that, interest rates are going to have to come down a lot because we're going to really compress growth. Now, the curves go flat or inverted or whatever from time to time. It's not a big deal. What is interesting at the moment to me is that if you just think in a very simple terms, if we were going into a very deep recession, mm. what you'd say about companies, about stocks, is you'd say, wow, I'll bet earnings are going to be worse in the future mm. than they are in the present. And boy, if next year is going to be bad, mm, I'd probably demand a much higher risk premium for owning stocks. I'd say, hey, I mean, maybe they won't be that bad, but margin of safety should go up. Mm. Another way of saying that is multiples should come down, okay? Or share prices should be lower. But what have we seen? We've seen this very extreme move in the U.S. Treasury interest rate curve, very negative, extremely negative during this latest period. At the same time, at the exact same time that we have seen a pretty decent rally in equities. Now, you might say, well, what's going on here, right? I mean, that's really interesting, right? That's really interesting. Why could this be true? Well, one of the things could be that equities have already over-accommodated for this very negative 2023 recessionary environment. They've come down a lot from the peak. And now they're bouncing back a little to reflect reality. Might be an argument. Some of the things that indicate that that could be an argument is that we've seen relatively good breadth in global equities. That's a lot of participation globally. We've seen small cap relative strength, which these companies are very economically sensitive, less sensitive to the U.S. dollar. I've seen them do better. We've started to see the U.S. dollar, DXY, mm-hmm. pull pull back. That is the dollar is weakening while mm-hmm. other currencies strengthening. That's an indication that people are willing to take more risk. So those are all good news events. And the other element that I think is critical here is that we have moved from extremely bearish sentiment to somewhat more moderately bearish sentiment. And we've seen a real drop in the amount of volatility in bonds, which says that mm-hmm. people are kind of finding their feet. So those are all the positive things. Those are why, well, stocks could rally, risk assets could do a little better. But we, you know, we come back to this really extremely negative curve. History tells us when we look at these events in the curve and we look at stocks, that stocks actually hold up for a while while this occurs, and then they fall off sharply. Mm -hmm. Now, this could be occurring as we get up to the 41, 32, 37 area. This could be occurring now. That is, stocks continue to rally a little more and then fall off. Or it could be that the bond market says, well, maybe the curve is too inverted. We've been too negative here. We begin to see inflation dissipate. The Fed less aggressive, Mm. and actually kind of a Goldilocks scenario. Okay. So it's always tempting if you speak to very bullish people, very bearish people, they say, well, you know, only one thing can happen here, right? The only thing that's going to occur is inflation is going to come down and the Fed has told you they're getting more dovish and they're not going to raise interest Mm -hmm. rates as aggressively. It's all going to be fine. It's possible. 
So one of the things that can occur, of course, is that I call it that Goldilocks scenario. What might concern us? What might concern us is that the problem for the Fed is inflation. Now, we've seen, I think, we've seen the peak of inflation, Mm. most likely. Hard to see an acceleration of inflation from here. But the Fed still has this 2% target, right? We're a long way away. It's 7.7, I think, is the last number. We're a long way from 2%. And we've got some real problems. One of our big problems is this whole question around employment. So we've got extreme levels of demand for labor in a weakening economy. And we continue to have upward pressure on wages. You know, it's more pronounced in places like New Zealand at the moment, maybe Australia, a little less in the US, but still pronounced. So we've got more labor availability because we've got layoffs and those sorts of things, but there's still not a lot of slack in the system. So what might that mean? Well, it might mean that although unemployment rates tick up a little bit, but because of underlying inflation, everyone will tell you their rent's higher, food's higher, gas prices are still not super low and so forth. Hey, you know, if I'm going to take this job, I'm going to need a little more money. Mm-hmm. And there aren't millions of people around, you know, to compete for labor. That it could take a long time to go from relatively high inflation back down to the more moderate levels. Now, the economy is also slowing. So you got all these things going on at once. And this is the concerning thing is it, it may take years to bring inflation back to 2%. The Fed has told you now. We'll see what they do. But the Fed has told you, we're targeting this number. We care about inflation. And they're right to care about inflation because it does erode the standard of living of the lower and middle Mm. classes, for sure. We care about inflation. So we're going to keep fighting. In that environment, while the economy continues to slow, we've got a lack of people. It may take a long time. The economy may actually have to stagnate and slow materially, right? Mm. While the Fed keeps rates sort of artificially high in order to really bring this number down a lot. What's the problem there for stocks? Well, that environment is terrible for risk assets. Mm -hmm. It keeps the risk-free rate high. It makes certainty about growth and even underlying fundamentals of growth weaker. And it means that the capital in the world will be sucked in to government bonds. Call them US government bonds, cash and government bonds. Okay, people are going to take less risk. This is the thing to be concerned about. So, if we are trying to figure out how to map our way forward to kind of bring this to a close, we would say short end bonds to your US treasuries remain a great buy. You're not being rewarded for going out further on the curve. At some point, it'll be clear that there's a trade probably in longer-term bonds, but two-year bonds look like a great buy here. I would be very cautious about getting involved in equities here. I would say that your best trade, if you're thinking, gee, I'm completely underweight, and no one really should be zero, is probably to sit on the sidelines and see what happens around this 4,100 number around Mm. the Fed in December and to watch this inversion. If you're going to miss anything, you're not going to miss much from here. Mm-hmm. And your risk return is offside, basically. Your upside downside is you're the wrong way around. So I think time to sit back, 
wait for a retest of those old lows, maybe around 3,500. Maybe the market goes lower. I don't know. But, you know, let's call it 3,500. Wait for that retest, that retrenchment, and more, more certainty to really get involved in equities. Couple of things as well to note, just as we came on here, it appears that China's gone back into another COVID lockdown. They have, yes. So that's bad for Australia. That's bad for the Australian dollar. Uh, It's not really reflecting it here this morning yet, but I expect that it will be. It is bad for global inflation and certainly uh, puts pause a little bit to Chinese equities in the reopening trade. That's something to be sort of concerned about in the very near term. I also think oil is very interesting here. Mm -hmm. Consensus has been, you know, oil is the new gold. It's the new U.S. dollar. It would appear that oil could test much, much lower here. We've had a production response out of the U.S. It's a very crowded trade. I think that probably oil is the one thing I'm watching. I think it's too late to be short, but there could be a pretty material decline in the price of oil here, which we're watching for. And I do think gold is really interesting. Gold's moved, call it from that lows in around the 1620 level, all the way up to almost 1800. It's now pulled back again. Gold does well when the US dollar weakens, of course, but gold does really well when risk is coming on, Mm. right? Tends to do the best when risk is coming on. So it suggests to me that there are flashing amber signals around risks coming on. And that's probably what I'm the most conscious of today. Yeah, I think there's a few signals that we should all be keeping an eye out for this coming week. Perhaps next week we'll be able to see where that trend is going and if those flashing amber lights are still flashing. And to end, Gavin, who do you have for us to follow on Twitter this week? So really fascinating woman named Lynn Alden. We'll share it in the notes. She is investment strategist, really clever engineer, thoughtful, looks across all kinds of assets from Bitcoin to bonds to somewhat to equity. She's a great macro thinker and highly recommended that you follow her. Amazing. Thank you very much. That's tomorrow's news. We will be back next week. Have a great day.